Welcome back. It's part three of our story of how we fell in love from the moment we locked eyes and arms at a personal development event through falling in love on the phone and video while I had COVID to him visiting me in Colorado for the first time where we decided if this relationship was what we really wanted. The good news is we decided it was. Since at the time of this recording, we've been together for four and a half months, while the segment you're about to hear was recorded just three and a half weeks after we met. This part of our story is so vulnerable. We talk about our fears, our doubts, and limiting beliefs that were holding us back from committing to a higher level of love and relating. You'll hear about how we work through our judgments, our doubts, and our deep fears with love despite being really triggered, and how we didn't let our fear of falling from a new height stop us from the journey. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Lessons in Love podcast. I'm Blake Freedom. And I'm Luke Hillis. Here we talk about communication for couples that care and singles looking for a conscious relationship. In this podcast, we bring you the lessons of our love journey to help you cultivate the relationship experience you've always wanted. We'll have conversations about what it takes to move through challenges, release tension in relationships, and communicate in ways that bring more intimacy, which we've learned through over a decade of personal development and from actually doing our inner work. We're not afraid to keep it real, and we're so excited you're on this journey with us. So So let's let's dive dive in. in. So, (laughs) the day finally arrives where Luke comes to visit me in Denver. And we had talked previously before I got here that my mom was going to be celebrating her birthday and that all of my family members would be there, including my nephews. And I would have loved to have him attend, but I did let him know that, you know, it's a big deal for me to bring somebody to a family gathering, especially because my nephews are there. I don't like to just bring just anybody around them. And so I did let him know that, you know, the requirements we had spoken about would um, he would need to, he would need to earn boyfriend privileges. Is in what order I said. to go to that. In order to gathering. go to the family gathering, which meant like letting go of all of the past, completely cutting things off, you know, even down to like you had another woman's boots at your house that you had to return, and that you know that was even a little triggering for me to work through that as well. But we did, and it was just a simple misunderstanding, which was you know was usually where challenges and triggers come from. So I told Luke that I let it go and he arrived in Denver and had taken care of everything. Had taken care of everything. Before coming to Denver. And I thought, well, he might not get it all done by the time he gets here. And he had been taking action. He did that. So the day comes, I'm so excited. I put on my cute little like ripped jeans and like my favorite graphic tee and go to the airport. I park, I get there like an hour early. I'm like so nervous. I'm like pacing. I don't know if I told you this, but I was like pacing in the the place where you wait for them to come up the escalator because we hadn't seen each other in, you know, what, two weeks. Mm -hmm. And we had spent two hours together in person, but we had built such a massive emotional and spiritual connection that, you know. 38 hours on the phone over the last 12 days. Yeah, phone and video. Phone and video. And I finally had tested negative from COVID, thank God. I was starting to feel better, not great, but better. And I didn't really know what to expect, you know. It's like, I know what he looks like, but 
am I going to be attracted to him like physically you know I was very emotionally attracted to him and I found him attractive when I met him in person but like it's that whole love is blind example I was saying earlier you know you spend all this time connecting with someone emotionally and then you see them in person it's like your brain has to make the connection of like oh this is them physically this is them emotionally and it's the same person um so I was like let me know when you get on the train text me and then up the escalator he came and do you remember what you did when you saw me? <laughs> yeah, so I scanned the room for, you know, who basically the tallest person. <laughs> and there she was in her rainbow glasses. And I had to wait. We had to wait for me to get around some barrier. And I just took off my backpack and my bags and threw I them on the, on the ground and had a huge hug yeah. with that same immense hug chemistry yeah. that we've always had. Yeah, and, so sweet. and it was such such a joy to finally see Blake again and see we've been looking forward to this moment so immensely like throughout COVID we just so wanted to be with each other yeah. mm -hmm. and just missed and lamented mm -hmm. the distance so finally it was real yeah it was so crazy just like and also like this is like I'm looking up at him like when we're standing I'm looking up at him like this is so amazing you know? it makes <laughs> me so, I can wear heels it makes me so happy and then we're like holding hands to the baggage claim and he's so much taller than me that we hold hands differently than what I'm used to from being the short people. And so, you know, and I'm like, do I want to kiss him? Like, oh my gosh, like, is he going to be a good kisser? Like, that's a big deal. And so we're walking out to the car and we get him all put away and we're hugging. And we had agreed before he got here that he would let me lead, you know, mm -hmm. on the physical stuff because we just didn't, we wanted to plan ahead of time to not, to, like not push anything awkward you know we wanted to feel comfortable and so he said like either kiss me or give me like super beaming energy <laughs> that you want me to kiss you like make it really obvious and I'm like okay cool and so we were out by the car and I just couldn't handle it and I kissed him and it was like I was so happy mm. like I was very pleasantly surprised that like the kiss <laughs> that the kiss was good I'm glad that was a surprise. I mean, it, well, because you were you were saying like you weren't surprised that we would have chemistry, and I'm over here like, are we gonna have chemistry? Like, is it gonna translate? I'm like freaking out about it, and he was not worried, and we had a wonderful first kiss, and so we drove to my parents, and because we had swapped out cars, and I showed you around, took our first picture, sent it to a few people, and everyone was like, oh my gosh, you're so cute together. And then we had this thing where when we were talking on the phone for these, you know, two weeks or video um, and texting a lot, like just constant communication while I was healing from COVID, um, that we like really wanted to say I love you to mm. each other. We, you know, we developed a very deep relationship and connection very quickly. And also like there are many layers of love, stages of love. English only has one like one word for it, but we really felt genuine about it. And I told him like, I don't want to say that over video or on the phone. I want to look you in your eyes when and tell you I love you. And so we would say things like I adore you, and it was so sweet. And he would like text me I adore you. It was so cute. And so code language. Yeah, exactly. Like we know what it means, but like it just it was really sweet. And so we were at my mom's um and like leaving to get into my car and I was just like looking into his eyes and I told him I loved him. And he said I love you back. It was so sweet. 
it was just one of those moments where it's like, wow, all of these, this thing that we've been building for so long is coming together in the physical. And I felt really good about it. And I was like, okay, I got that out of the way. The kiss is good. We said, I love you in person. Everything's great. So we come back here. I don't remember if we got food or what we did. Must have. Yeah, we must have gotten food. And then we were um, in bed talking. I don't remember if we had sex before that. Mm, no, no, we, we definitely didn't. did That's not. That's right. Because we agreed that we wanted to wait and we wanted to spend some more time emotionally connecting before. So there was no pressure. Mm -hmm. That's right. Because we were going to wait. The original plan. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I booked an Airbnb for the yes. whole eight days. Yeah, exactly. Fair amount of money. Right. So that we wouldn't, there wouldn't be any pressure. Like we right. didn't know what it was going to be like to be in space together. Right. And then Plus we had he made brought a, his virtual his office. That's right. Basically. I was going to be working, so right. I would be set up over there. Yeah. And we had planned to wait at least three days before getting into physical intimacy. Yeah. Which. <laughs> You know, didn't last didn't that end long. Up being three days. <laughs> but yeah, and so but it served its purpose. It did, right? And it, yeah, exactly. It set the intention. And you, we, you came over here, and then we were thinking, like, do we want to go check you in? Do we not? And we were spending time together. And I just asked, like, you know, what do you think about just staying here tonight? And we can get you checked in the next mm. day. And we were like, we've been craving like being close to each other and like sleeping together and snuggling and we had decided like we're not gonna have sex and so we decided to do that so we were up for hours talking and it started out really wonderful really sweet and I just was like really craving to hear Luke tell me that he loves me you know I've been like waiting for him to tell me and and I had said it to him and he had said it back to me and so I asked him I was cuddling with him in bed and looking him in the eyes and I was like can I ask something of you and he was like of course and I said will you tell me you love me and there was a some hesitation little hesitation pulling back a little bit and I was just like I had this moment of like oh shit <laughs> like I totally messed up like I should not have asked for that like did I totally screw this up and that was like the opening of a can of worms, <laughs> which that lasted until six, six in the morning. In the morning. <laughs> like all these triggers and doubts, and like all this shit that he had been holding on to, and then stuff that kind of I had been holding on to unknowingly, that we really had to talk out. And it was so difficult, so painful, and the best thing that we could have done mm. for our relationship. Really set us up for for success. So, do we remember what happened after? What? Yeah, so, I mean, basically, I had this association in my mind that saying I love you means basically, like, like I am certain and committed to being with you forever. Like, it's a marriage vow, basically. And I was still, like, digesting what it was like to be with Blake, and then I had some some questions in my mind that I was looking forward to getting resolved. Doubts. Some doubts, yeah. yeah some doubts yeah, that... doubts. I had, about me. About Blake. And... Silly, silly man. <laughs> I know, what was I thinking? <laughs> so, and then I just felt irresponsible saying I love you with, you know, in my mind, the meaning of like, yes, I'm sold on our future. When I still had some questions, some doubts. Anyway, yeah, so I... That, her question revealed that I had some incongruencies around 
my certainty for the relationship. Yes, and I was like, well, you just, you, I said I love you, and you said it back, and it was like, well, I meant that in the moment, and I'm, I'm over here going, holy cow, I thought we were on the same page, I felt like we were really moving forward, you know, like, I understand that we had needed to spend more time together, and I wasn't asking for a freaking marriage proposal, but, I mean, he had, even on the phone, had, like, slipped once, saying that he loved me, and so it wasn't, it didn't seem out of character mm -hmm. for me. So I was, I was really like con concerned, like what's the problem? Because I'm not asking for anything that we haven't already talked about or done. And I'm also having the, my own insecurities of, oh no, like I think I screwed up. I, I messed up the energy, you know, I'm embarrassed. And so, um, I asked you, I don't remember how we got into the conversation, yeah, you, well, you asked me either, like, what was going on or what my doubts were, what my fears were, or mm -hmm. something. Mm -hmm. And you made it really clear that it's like, let's just get it all on the table. Mm -hmm. Like, don't hold anything back. Yep. Like, let's just be completely open and honest. Mm -hmm. Which was scary, because, like, I'm a, I was afraid that, like, I was thinking, well, we can figure these things out, work these things out, kind of as they naturally, or, like, a little bit more over time. Blake's like, let's just get this clear. Welcome <laughs> to a relationship with Blake Freedom, a very conscious woman who wants to live a very full life. It became clear to me quickly that like, she knows my energy state, and if I have doubt, she's going to feel it. Feel it, yeah. I can't hide it. Exactly. So there was really only one way forwards, and I didn't want to back out. Like I really wanted to keep Blake. Yeah. So, like, even though I had a few doubts, like, they weren't, like, I really wanted to keep her. Only one way forward, total transparency. Is, yeah, through all the crap. So the first thing that was on my mind was that I was concerned that, like, maybe she didn't have the mental or emotional stability that I wanted in a partner. <laughs> Proven very wrong at this point. <laughs> She's incredible. But uh, what led me to that was some conversations that we had had on, um, like before I came out where I thought Blake was kind of overreacting or over responding or demonstrating too much like insecurity with herself or, or with, you know, with others. So that was and like one, one of the key moments for that was I, there was this, yeah. Anyway, I mean, it's like you know, when you explain it, it doesn't yeah. necessarily completely make sense in yeah. line. I mean, basically, I got triggered, and there was a miscommunication, and he needed to turn his phone off so that he could get rest. And I and the way that he said it over text was triggering to me. And I said, and I responded, like, this is triggering for me, but we can talk about it later, which I felt was very mature instead of, like, reacting and, or writing something else or whatever. And when we talked about it, he kind of leaned super into like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like a little bit of people pleasing, like feeling bad, like you had done something wrong. Where like, it just was one of those situations. But then also scared like, like if I do like any tiny little thing wrong, is this going to become like a huge, huge conversation thing. that's going to threaten everything? Right. I was like, oh geez, I don't, I don't want to feel like I have to walk on eggshells. Right, right. And what's so interesting about that is that I would never want him to feel like he has to walk on eggshells, ever. Like, never. And, and what I needed was for him to tell me how he really felt. Like, you know, I'm concerned that you're so triggered. And then I would be able to look at myself, too, because 
you know, when you're not communicating with your partner, you're not giving them an opportunity to adjust their behavior, to learn, to grow, to work through their stuff. And we tend to avoid those things because we don't want to upset somebody, but you end up creating more hurt, more distance, more like being more shut down when you're not communicating. It's about having those hard conversations. So, you know, he told me that he was concerned that I was triggered by this thing that really wasn't a big deal. And that, and I was like, well, were you gonna bring this up and tell me? And he said, well, no, I wanted to watch and kind of see if it would happen again. Like, you know, not risk the consequence of bringing it up if it's not a pattern. That's what right. I was thinking. Like, I wanna see if it's a pattern. And I'm like, well, um, how am I supposed to change my behavior and not make it a pattern if you don't tell me that I did it? Cause like, I don't know, you know, I, it's a blind spot for me. I didn't realize that I was overreacting and you know, I'm trying to prevent negative patterns and I'm happy to change my behavior if it's not serving us and if I can grow from it. And I mentioned that, you know, when you have a doubt and you're looking for another doubt, you will find one. Mm -hmm. Like you find what you're looking for. So it's very important to be intentional about where you're putting your energy. And so I, you know, we talked a lot about that and I let him know that, you know, if you feel like you need to walk in eggshells, I want to talk about it. I don't ever want you to feel that way. And how I could have handled that situation differently. And I feel like that worked, we worked through a lot of that. Through the conversation, specifically what we talked about and what I learned and like reframe perspectives about Blake from how we talked, but also just seeing how she conducted herself through that conversation was very reassuring. Like someone who was unstable in the way unstable in the way that I was fearing couldn't have like had that conversation with me the way that she did yeah and there's two parts to the unstable one was being triggered by something that was like a little triggered like a little mm. bit too much over something simple the other one was a concern about my mental health mm -hmm. because right because you know I have a history of an eating disorder I was diagnosed as bipolar many many years ago I was re-diagnosed recently that it was not bipolar um, you know, I've struggled with depression. I did ketamine treatments at one point for depression during the pandemic and, you know, and stop me if it's too much, but Luke is from a community where mental health isn't highlighted as much or understood as much. It's becoming better. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I'm, I come from a background of like, this is the cards that life dealt me and I'm going to do the best that I can to navigate that. And I'm really proud of myself for how well I've navigated it because I can't control my brain chemistry. I can, you know, take good care of it and I can work on, you know, working, using the tools to work through those things. And that's why I'm so attracted to personal development because coming from a background of mental health and mental illness, I've been able to heal myself because of these personal development tools. In addition to what I found in recovery and, you know, treatment and and traditional therapies and those sorts of things and so i talk very openly about that on social media everybody mm -hmm. can see that you know and to be honest like when he brought up those concerns i was like i was ready to respond because it is not the first second third or fourth time i've heard that like it's it's and i understand like of course it's a concern you know but people like i've had par previous partners like voice concerns that like I had an eating disorder or that like I was diagnosed with a mental health challenge or whatever. And I was like, well, here's how I deal with that. 
and you know I'm a very strong woman and I refuse to allow a diagnosis to define who I am and I believe in using my tools and I believe in Eastern medicine and Western medicine together and I think just through the conversation and being able to you know communicate what I've done to grow as a person mm -hmm. like he was able to see that wow like Blake can really hold her own even in like difficult situations which actually proves that she is stable exactly really well said yeah so that was the first you know check mark yeah but it wasn't the last one so mm -hmm. then the next thing was I was concerned that it seemed like Blake was taking a lot of things <laughs> too funny so uh and, and i'll let you describe you know what that what that is well i mean how how did you know i was taking things like what give them context of like why you would think that um so i mean and anything not to share here no it's fine. okay yeah yeah of course so so like you know, like stuff for sleep stuff for mood uh stuff for headache stuff for stomach like and like <laughs> and i'm like That's so silly and like i had this concern like gosh is like is blake sort of like artificially propping up her body to function <laughs> and i'm like it's so absurd i'm just kind of concerned that like you know does blake have the physical health and the mental health from that standpoint i mean we talked about the stability part but say like the physical health to be the kind of partner that aka is she taking too many substances <laughs> and is this gonna be a problem is there addiction like is she healthy like uh, which is like when we're saying it out loud now it sounds so ridiculous but this is just an example of why it's so important to voice your doubts mm. and concerns to your partner and create a safe space for each other to be able to do that because imagine if he was walking around with this for weeks and the stories that he would be telling himself and how it would spiral out and convince him not to be with me. When in reality, what I explained to him was, well, I do take a mood stabilizer. I have no shame around that. I think that I am a huge, huge believer in chemical support. I think that there's a place for antidepressants. I think there's a place for mood stabilizers. I think if it's serving you to be able to operate better in life, then do it you know so many of us are walking around not getting the help that we need suffering for absolutely no reason when medicine has been created for that do i think that you know antidepressants are passed out like pills and probably unnecessary sometimes sure like everything you know some it's not a black or white issue it's not like it's good or it's bad everything is gray in fact everything is rainbow every situation is different and you know when i came out of treatment for my eating disorder which I went to treat, I voluntarily went to treatment. I worked really hard to heal it. I set myself up in a new healthy community. I set boundaries with people in my life that were not helping me. And, you know, as I was working through my treatment, like it just became apparent to me via my treatment team that chemical support would really support me in having a stronger foundation for me to build a good life. So it served me in a lot of ways and has continued to serve me. And I have a wonderful psychiatrist that I work with now and we're always looking at different, you know, um, options if I want to make changes. And that's something that there's other areas in my life I want to create even more grounding and stability in for me to adjust my medication if I choose. But I have absolutely no shame in that whatsoever. And again, like I can't control my brain chemistry. What I can do is do the best that I can 
with what I have and what tools are at my disposal and medication is one of those as well as like different things like you know EFT tapping and nervous system regulation and emotional work and like meditation which we haven't really talked about how you come from the TM community mm -hmm. yeah yeah so um, so that was one thing that I take every day and and uh, you can literally go on my Instagram I talk about it already um, and then I take something to help me sleep which he was a little concerned like I was taking some like hardcore sleeping pill and I actually take a prescription strength antihistamine <laughs> so it's basically like an allergy pill that helps me sleep I'm very very sensitive so um, things like hit me pretty hard but you know like racing mind anxiety ADHD like it's been, been very supportive to help me and ultimately like my sleep is the most important so if there's something that's not harming me in any way that's gonna help me sleep like I'm all for that now if we're talking about getting into like you know taking hardcore stuff like Ambien and doing weird things while you're on Ambien and other drugs that like maybe are a little bit more harsh and creates an addiction where I like can't stop because I don't want to like address the issues as to why I can't sleep or trauma or different things that are going on to me that's a different issue like I don't want to feel like I'm dependent on something and especially a harder substance as such but you know there's a lot of factors in my life that have like really needed me to have that extra support and and I was as I was explaining to this to him I think things were starting to shift for him and like the intention of what I was taking and then I also gently and lovingly reminded him that I've had COVID the entire time we've been talking and that COVID insomnia is very real and y'all it sucks so bad like I still am not sleeping right you know it's gonna take some time but you know I needed extra help while I have COVID because I wasn't sleeping and it was an allergy pill <laughs> so you know um, the stomach stuff I don't know like I take gas eggs sometimes I took a gas eggs like an hour ago <laughs> You know I'll get a migraine every once in a while and take some like Tylenol but you know nothing like out of the ordinary mm -hmm. yeah I just came to appreciate like it's just not the big deal I was making it into being yeah yeah which was very relieving and yeah. comforting yeah which but it's it just goes to show like it could be like a little thought that we mm -hmm. have that like grows and he even said that to me like well, it's just like a little seed of doubt. So it wasn't like a big concern. I'm like, yeah, but a seed mm -hmm. grows into a tree. Like that's how every big thing starts as a very small thing. Like a thought just can expand. And I would rather we excavate that, you know, right away and deal with it. And it just gives me an opportunity to explain my side as well, instead of carrying around these beliefs and ideas that aren't totally accurate. Yeah. So that was number two. So then number three was I'm like still holding on to this idea. Okay, so Blake is 37, I'm 33. And before meeting Blake, I was convinced I would only be with a woman my age or younger. Like I had, that was very much and, my plan. And in Blake- and before dating Luke, I was very convinced I will never date another man, first of all. Second of all, like if it, if I were with a woman, she's got to be thirty five or older, and if I ever dated a man, he would be forty or older. Like I will never date a younger guy again. I have I've dated two different guys that were like almost ten years younger than me, and like oh my gosh, I never ever thought I would do that again ever because it's just they're not on my level, and we were both wrong <laughs> clearly. <laughs> so it's like I I'd, I'd already done a 
fair amount of inner work to reshift because like I just wanted Blake so badly and I'm like okay there must be some different perspective I can take on the age which is its own topic we could talk about another time and I did do that but I still didn't have the seat I'm like well what if I could find someone with Blake's qualities who was younger than me and this is like what, what's the value of the younger part it has a lot to do with like uh, childbirthing reproduction and like maybe longevity so stupid. First of all, four year difference. Second of all, women live longer than men. So like, I'm gonna outlive you no matter what. <laughs> like, it's just so silly. It's so silly. So. I'm sorry, babe. It's just like, it's so funny. It's okay. It's so funny. <laughs> so it's like, what if I could find someone with everything that I love about her, except, you know, in a, in a woman's body that's like, Four to ten years younger than she is. Four to ten years younger. Yeah, because you want to be with a 27-year-old. That sounds great. I mean, come on. And Blake's immediate response is, you're not going to find anyone like me. No. And then I said... And, and, like, and, and part of that is, like, Blake's, you know, years of life help contribute to the maturity and strength and depth and clarity and everything else about her that I love. It's true. And I think that I did, in fact, say, you're not going to find anyone like me. But if you'd like to try, there's the door. Have fun. We'll see how long it takes. And, uh, and like, and, you know, we were, this was all very triggering. So it was like some of me being like, what the fuck? And then me and then us laughing and then like, you know, having deeper, more serious mm -hmm. conversation. But I just was like, it was so absurd to me. Like, I just, that's so ridiculous. I do understand the, you know, the reproductive concern. And that's something that I've had to work on myself too. It's this idea that like, you know, once you turn 35, your eggs just start going dry. And then like, it's really hard to have a child and all the risks and things go up. And I've actually had to intentionally fill my brain with different resources. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. I've done a lot of research and have found that like that's actually not accurate. There's a lot of evidence that shows that women can have very healthy babies in their 40s, even into their mid 40s. We're really done having babies when we go into menopause. And I've seen women in of older age have healthy babies. Their technology that's available to us to assess risk is is available and that that doesn't have to be something that holds us back from having a family. And if we do try naturally to to conceive and that doesn't work when we do IVF and that doesn't work, you know, then adoption is always an, is an option. But ultimately that's something that he had to decide for himself. Like, is that going to be a deterrent? You know, is it worth it to be with somebody who is, you know, older? Um, but for me, like, I just, I know that there's a soul, a little soul calling to me that's coming to me that to be my, I really feel like it's a girl. I really feel like it's a daughter. Um, and I just know that like I meant to be a mom. And whether that comes through my body or someone else's, like, it doesn't really matter. And that's something that he had to decide for himself. But we've had this conversation multiple times about the age difference and other people in our lives who have also had that concern. But it's hard because, like, imagine how triggering that is for me as a woman who's already having to deal with society telling me, like, you're getting old. If you want to have a kid, you better do it now. Like, also, freezing your eggs is so expensive. It's like 10 grand. And then you have to pay to keep it frozen and it's a painful procedure. So it's like, I'm already dealing with that within myself, feeling like I'm too old. 
like you know the risks are going up like I, I need to be a mom now but like I'm not ready I'm not financially ready I'm not with the, you know the right partner I don't want to do it on my own and then to have someone that I love who like I really want to pursue a future with to come in and like have their biggest fears and insecurities about me be the same ones that are my own insecurities like that was really hard it was really triggering I have had to do a lot of work internally through our three-week connection it's crazy um for me to be able to work through like dispelling that as an untruth like it's not it's not accurate like there's so much evidence that shows otherwise and at the end of the day like we're going to have a family however that ends up looking for us and we're going to take a couple years so that we can build a life that we want to welcome children into i feel like you know we got pretty far in that conversation yeah absolutely so the result of all of this is like I, I mean, I just realized, like, there's no one like Blake. There's no one like Blake. And and we're going to make it work. Like, yeah. like we'll figure out, like you're just describing, with, with family, there's a way. And, like, the things that I love about Blake are so much connected to her years of life experience. And, like, do I really want to risk taking years more to find someone who might be like her? I mean, it's just it's just stupid. <laughs> so I was like I've got who I want the life that I want to build like all, all the points that Blake is making about childbirthing and like dispelling older ideas around that I just I very quickly when that moment when Blake's like you're not gonna find anyone else like me I just like it just like hit me right in that moment like you're so right yeah. holy crap yeah I mean, it is that, like, he's been saying that level of confidence that mm -hmm. I brought into the relationship that, like, I know who I am, I know my worth, I know what I have to offer, I'm not willing to settle. Do I cry myself to sleep sometimes because I don't want to be alone? Sure. You know, do I have insecurities? Absolutely. But I'm still committed to a higher level of relating. And, you know, you can match that or, like, there's the door, you know? And, like... I've said that before and like, you know, ultimately he made the right choice and decided to stay. <laughs> but then, but that, but this is the thing too, like, yes, I am the prize. And that's one of my affirmations. Like I am the prize and the right person will show up and recognize that Luke is also the prize. And the way that he handled all of this and the way that we were able to work through everything and we continue to do that just reinforces to me that like, I'm also realizing that there's no one else like him. Mm. And that, like, he's the person that I want to be with, and that's the choice that I want to make. And I was already at that place, and it was still growing as we went through this conversation, which really helped me get through the next doubt. Yeah, the next one. <laughs> so she's like, okay, yeah, so what else? I'm like, well, yeah, I guess so, there is something else. Yeah, because I'm asking him, like, okay, I'm like, all right, we got through that. What else you got? Like, put it all on the table. Like, let's, let's talk it out. Like, it's 3 a.m., you know, we're just like, let's just get it all out on the table. Yes, yeah, so this one's a little harder to describe <laughs> for a number of reasons. Oh, gosh. It was hard for me to even put my finger on it, but there was this feeling of, like, when I saw Blake at the airport, there was something different. Like, it's, like she looked or felt or something was different than what I had been used to in seeing in our video calls and what I had been remembering when we were in person. I feel like you're really softening this for, for the public. We're, we're building. We're building. <laughs> and, and something about that, like, it, it wasn't a difference that I liked. It was something that felt like 
Like I was, I felt less attracted to her when I saw her in the airport than I'd been expecting, than I'd been remembering. And even then I had been sort of, my impression of her on video with oh. COVID. <laughs> That's how I felt when, he, when he's saying this to me and I'm just like, he's less attracted to me in person. Like what the fuck is wrong with him? And oh. I was so scared because yeah. like this, this like gremlin thought was in my mind and I mean, I was still very attracted to Blake anyways. Like, it wasn't like I was unattracted to her, but like this thought was in my mind of like being less attracted than I had been expecting. Yeah, and like, what does that mean? What does that mean, exactly? Yeah. Like, what does that mean? That's the scary part. Right. And then the other scary part is like, what's Blake gonna do if she knows I'm having this thought? Yeah. Oh, I was so afraid of her even. I mean, just, you know what's interesting is on some level, I was afraid because I had the thought and I likened it to this thing like, you ever, you ever been driving your car and there's traffic coming from the other side and you're like, you have the realization, like I could just steer my car into oncoming traffic. <laughs> and it's like kind of freaky because it only take this much to do it. Like that's not very much muscle movement. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, my life is on the line if I'm just out of control of my arms for that much. Right. And like, then their life would be on the line too, whoever's coming. It's like, can I trust myself to not have an impulsive moment of insanity to end my life? Like, sort of a freaky thought. Um, or like a, <laughs> Just a little window into how this mind works. <laughs> or like, I remember this other example I shared with Blake in this context, being at like a friend's bat mitzvah oh when we were gosh. 13 and like, like having pizza. And you know, my, my friend's like, dressed in this nice dress, like this impulse, like I could throw the pizza at her and make her look awful and ruin everything. And it'd be so easy. And there's oh something God. like gripping about like the possibility to ruin everything. <laughs> Thankfully, I've never done any of these things. And over time, I've discovered that a lot of people have this yeah. like kind of compelling, impulse. like you, you have this impulse of the ability to ruin everything. Yeah. And it's very gripping because it's scary. Like, what if I actually did it? Can I trust myself not to do it? How do I know I won't do it? And, and so then I had this thought that I felt like could ruin everything. And Blake knew that I was like having this feeling of less attraction to her. And just the fact that I had the thought was scary because I felt like it could ruin everything. Yeah. So in the, you know, like I asked for him to be super transparent and honest. I brought this upon myself. And, you know, he shared it with me because he didn't want to be holding on to any doubts or fears because he was, like, really freaking out about it. Like, oh my And she can pick up whatever is, like, if something's off, so I, can I can't read hide him it. so well, right. And that's the, the emotional and spiritual connection that we build. Like, it's like, I can read him so, like, he can't hide anything from me, which is good, ultimately. Which is pretty erotic, actually. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah, well, <laughs> and yes, oh, thank you. Um, and so, okay, so the guy that I'm, like, falling in love with, who came all the way out here to, to stay with me, has already said, like, I'm worried you take too many pills, I'm worried you're me not mentally stable, you're too old. <laughs> and then he says, I just wasn't as attracted to you, like, when I saw you for the first time. So... I like sit up in bed and I'm just like, okay, like, 
I'm like really pro I'm like processing like how am I going to handle this because I'm super activated right I'm triggered my nervous system is like on 10 I'm like in fight or flight mode part of me wants to punch him in the face the other part wants to scream at him to get the fuck out of my house like the other part is like I need to run and get away and I was just like so it, it took so much inside of me because I also knew because we had talked about this that you know Luke sometimes internalizes thinking that he's a bad person if he's done something mm. wrong like that had come up in when we were working through those triggers so in this moment there's like four things going on one is like okay I'm super triggered and I don't want to react from my trigger because that could ruin everything because he is telling me this because he doesn't want to ruin everything mm. But like, if I react out of anger or how I really feel like I want to, then I'm gonna destroy this and it'll never go anywhere. Two, like, I need him to feel safe that he could tell me things mm -hmm. so that this doesn't destroy us moving forward. Because if he feels like he can't tell me something like this and I blow up and react to it, he'll never be honest with me again. He'll, he won't feel safe to be transparent. And the whole point of all of this is so that we can create a transparent space so that we can have a conscious relationship. And then I'm like, I really need to take care of myself right now because I'm freaking out and I'm feeling so like insecure because I come from the background of an eating disorder, right? Where like I had to gain 30 pounds to get to a healthy weight. Like getting to like being comfortable in my curves was really, really, really hard. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, is it my face? Is it my body? Is it my clothes? Is it my hair? Is it my what I'm wearing? Like, I don't know what it was that he was less attracted to. And so I just tell him, like, I need to go for a walk. And I get out of bed. It's like, it's like 5 a.m. I get out of bed 4 a.m., whatever. I get out of bed, and I'm, like, pacing around the apartment. And there's part of me that's like, I want him to come after me. Mm -hmm. So, like, I didn't tell you this. There's part of me that's like, I want him to come after me and like soothe me and make me feel better. Tell me like, you know, just kidding. Like, you're so beautiful. Like this is, you know, I don't know. Just tell me something. And obviously that's not happening. And the other part is like, I just got to get out of here. So then I put on my shoes. I go outside. I'm like pacing up and down the sidewalk mm -hmm. because I can just feel so much adrenaline running through my body. And I'm just like walking back and forth like okay Blake like you just have a lot of energy in your body like you just have a lot of energy in your body you just need to move the energy just move the energy because I just know like if I don't work through the physical like PTSD feelings I'm having I'm not going to be able to have a conversation with him and so then I it occurs to me as I'm calming myself down like okay I don't think that this is really about me which is like I have to say I've done a lot of work on myself to get to this point because it's easy to take it super personal um, but I just thought like this can't be totally about me. Like what is this really about? This is a representation of something else and so <laughs> And so I come back upstairs. I crawl into bed. I'm like, it's really cold outside and um, Oh my gosh, no, I missed a piece because the reason why I got so activated is you told me what you weren't attracted to I don't think I told you yet. You didn't? I don't think Are I you told sure? you yet. I think this was okay. all before. All right, so I have am brave enough, and I don't necessarily recommend this, but I was brave enough to ask him, like, what was it specifically about me that you were less attracted to? And I'm, like, preparing myself internally for the answer because I'm, like, I hope it's not my body or, like, something that, like, you know, is going to make me feel insecure and tell them what you said, babe. Leading up to this moment, <laughs> she was out walking. I was praying. <laughs> Because I'm just like, oh, shit. 
like what has just happened here yeah. like we've been building yeah. for all this time we've been like so falling in love we've been telling our communities about yeah. each other like it's gonna be embarrassing and shit <laughs> for both of us um you know there's money gone into all of this and but just like like did i really thinking to myself like did i really just like not assess myself properly and now doing all this damage to Blake and wasting all this time and I was oh shit so I was praying like there's got to be a way through this mm -hmm. like please help me help Blake to be balanced to see like deeper and greater truth like help us find a way through this so that was my process. Thank she was God like, and I believe in the power of prayer mm -hmm. I mean it can be scientifically measured that like prayer can affect the energy around you and I feel like that was helpful I mean it brought me back inside so yeah I asked him like so it was so funny trying to define like what is it what was it that was bothering me and I did I'm not sure I really I, I made my best guess at it <laughs> <laughs> and it was like I was thinking about it I was trying to imagine like I had this image of her profile seeing her in the airport I'm like you know there's something about her chin. <laughs> and? Chin or like her jawline. So this and this apparently was the problem. <laughs> it didn't even really entirely make sense to I me know. either. I mean, it's, it's so funny now because. As like, I reflect on it, actually, I think it was more like, like there was something about like, I don't know, your state of confidence or something that worried me. I don't know. Maybe you're anxious. I I don't even know that it fully makes sense, but... Yeah, and we talked about that. Yeah. I mean, that, like, you know... Because I was really nervous, because... And it was so funny to me. Like, I, like, laughed out loud, and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like, seriously? Like, I was just shocked, and I'm like... And I'm in my mind, I'm thinking, like, again, I'm triggered, right? And I'm like, do not react out of this trigger. Do not say something mean out of this trigger. It will destroy everything. Because I'm just thinking, like, do you think that, like... I haven't had my own mm -hmm. concerns about you physically. Like, I mean, like, neither of us are fucking Barbies. Like, we're beautiful people, but, like, you know, like, we're human. And I just, uh, it was, like, so frustrating and so difficult. And I was so triggered. And, um, I mean, I'm so glad we can laugh about it now because it was really, really hard in the moment. And ultimately, like, I made a comment about how, like, you know, I've had my own thoughts about stuff. And, that, um, you know, I wasn't feeling super confident when he saw me because I wasn't sure if I was going to be attracted to him. And, like, we've built so much emotionally and then the physically and, like, when you're being objective and then, like, removing all these pieces and everything that goes together, like, I was really concerned. And so... It was in that moment again where it occurred to me like okay like what is this really about because like my chin is fine my jawline is fine like i'm so thankful that the thing that i ended up saying fe feeling yeah. about was like something that she felt very confident about yeah like i mean and i and i recognize that like you know our profiles sometimes look different she's a great chin i don't know what the hell then i was thinking straight, then straight on you know like i get it but ultimately, I was like, listen, I don't think that this is really about mm. me. I think that this is really about you. And I am and I asked him, like, I'm wondering if, like, are you picking me apart in, like, these little details because you do that to yourself? 
and like how do you judge yourself physically and in other ways yeah and picking yourself apart which i do and the other piece of it too is like i've had this tendency when there's a big decision on the line or even like any decision to like if i see anything that looks like it might be off to question the whole thing again i gave like some funny examples of this is some in some ways more from my past but still is in there like i'm driving somewhere and I'm looking at if I'm getting red lights or green lights to know if I made the right decision to be going there at that time. It's like throwing my power to the wind. Uh, and other examples. So I was just, I think I'm just, a, or was afraid of making a wrong decision, yeah. being a bad person. Right. And if something looks like it might be off or different, like, is that a sign right. that I'm like doing something wrong and about to be bad and be damaging to others right right which and also kind of manifests as like a fear of commitment mm -hmm. yeah and that true. led us into that conversation where we we're talking about like what are you afraid of like what could go wrong and mm -hmm. you know what could go right because ultimately you know through that conversation and we recognize that we're able to work through these mm -hmm. things and like you know i don't recommend going to your partner and saying like hey i don't like this thing about you physically like don't do that you know this this was this was a growth opportunity for us to be able to learn how to communicate and to be able to get deeper underneath it. Like that's what, that's what we're doing. We're always excavating for what's underneath the thing. Like, okay, you think you're, you're not attracted to me. Well, why? Okay. You think it's this one thing. Well, what is that really about? Like, what does that mean about you? How are you projecting your own insecurities onto me? And because I've been coming at this whole situation so strongly in my values and my standards, it's like part of that reflecting back on Luke of like, what if he's not perfect and I don't see him as being perfect when I'm like expecting so much of him. Mm -hmm. And so us being able to have that deep conversation about like me being able to turn back to him and say like, I think you are so handsome and I, I love you deeply as a person and I really want to invest in, you know, a future and see where this can go. And ultimately it was like, okay, well then fuck, of course we love each other. Like it's not about like, mm -hmm. we want to get married tomorrow but like, we want to see where this goes. And so I told him like, listen, you know, you're the person I've been looking for. And I know that after two weeks, because I know what I want. I know who I am. I've raised my standards. You've shown those to me. We've been talking and connecting emotionally for so long, physically, like there's chemistry now. And I feel very confident. And like, I'm just going to put the ball in your court when you're ready to make a commitment that we're going to be in a relationship. You can let me know that you'll get your boyfriend privileges and then you can meet my family. But that's on your timeline. I'm just telling you where I'm at. Mm -hmm. So again, like I'll tell him where I am at. I'm tell, I'll tell him how I feel. He gets to decide what he wants to do with that information. I wasn't going to push him or pressure him. Like this was the first night, but I also was already sold. I'm like, all my concerns went out the window. I was like, we're good. And then we were like, you know how like you go through all of this and you get so emotionally connected and you feel so, so deep but you also like really want to connect even deeper. Totally. Yeah. So like at this point, like I, I cleaned out all the doubts I could think of, like had given me the space to do that. I'm like, I can't find anything else. I start feeling happy and <laughs> excited. And, uh, we, our three day plan <laughs> ended up becoming a one day plan, yeah. which actually wasn't a zero day plan. Cause technically it was, <laughs> 
the next morning, not only past midnight, but it was six in the morning, which is like, you know, first light of the day. Yeah, it's the next day. Lights coming up. Hey. We're like, okay, let's do this. And it was like so wonderful. We had a, we had a great first experience. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it's just gotten so much better mm-hmm. over the week. And that was just so, so wonderful. And then the next day being able to, you know, check in and like, are you still having doubts? Like, how are you feeling about these things? And feeling great. Yeah. Feeling great. The one thing that ended up coming up for us over the week was just like a general fear of commitment. Yeah. Which, um, which was an exciting, I had a very exciting realization around that, which is I thought it's like, there's a sense of yeah, fear um, around moving forwards. And I'm like, well, what is that about? And ultimately what I figured it was, uh, it was about by reflecting on previous life experiences, not romantic experience, but like work and career experiences. That's like, whenever I'm stepping up to a higher level of life, there's always some fear. Like I remember this particular job that I had that really challenged me and I was so afraid to take it on. And I did take it on at the time. I was wondering, should I take it on? Like I'm having all these fears and doubts. Is that a sign that I shouldn't? But I ended up taking it on anyways and ended up rising to it. And it was like one of the best things ever in my life that set the stage so much for who I've become since then. And I realized I'm like, oh, what I'm afraid of here is like, I'm afraid of stepping up to the next level of life and living and and commitment, but that's the basis of everything that I want. Like I'm afraid of actually ending up with the life that I that, that I want, mostly because I'm afraid of falling from it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not afraid so much of having. It. I'm afraid of like starting to have it or having it and then falling from it and everything that that would be. But how will I ever have it if I don't give myself the chance? do have it like I'll always be afraid of rising Mm -hmm. I think it's a really powerful principle in relationships and in career and in anything in life that to go to raise up from where we are gives the potential to fall further than where we're at Mm -hmm. and there's natural to be to have fear around it but that fear will never go away right like the only way the fear will go away is when we get used to operating on that higher level right and know that we're safe and that we're secure, that we can handle that. That we can handle it. And when I realized that, I felt so at peace moving forward with Blake. Because I realized, like, Blake's offering me the life that I've always wanted in romance, in lifestyle, in career, in impact. And, like, of course I'll be afraid of falling from that. But, like, that's how it works. Yeah. That's how it is. And when I realized that, I just felt so good. I'm like... Wow, what a what a freaking gift. I'm so grateful and so happy and so excited to have the person that I've always been looking for to give me the you know, the life experience I've always wanted. So sweet. And like it's time. Yeah. Cuz we both It's time. When looking for it. Like I'm going to face this later if I don't yeah. face it now. Right. And like I don't know if later is going to be anywhere near as, you know, much of what I wanted. So time to step up. Yeah. And what's funny about that is that he got to a place where he's like, okay, like I'm ready. And then the next day I'm like, uh, so I'm like kind of freaking out over here. Like I'm having some concerns, like I'm scared to commit and you know, the tables have turned and that gave me an opportunity to bring up my own fears, you know, and like a few different things, but one being like, I mean, which led us into a really great conversation about commitment and monogamy 
and like you know as a bisexual pansexual mm. woman like never being with a woman again only being with one person only being with a man and of course like there are different relationship structures and we can like design that however we want to but also knowing that like monogamy is important to me and I want to go deep and you know build something that like is lifelong with someone and that led us into a conversation about you know what we both think about monogamy and like concerns about just all these different things and these different levels and layers that can be so triggering and scary but the fact that we're just like willing to put it all out on the table and talk about it and then offering each other different perspectives on things like how you know monogamy and this is just my personal opinion because let me back up here i you know came out as bisexual in my 20s i've done polyamory i've had multiple relationships i've had multiple like you know adventures with multiple people at once i've been in relationship with multiple people i've had monogamous relationships with men women trans people like i've been on a journey of dating for 21 years and so i'm like okay i'm ready for my person and i know like that you know polyamory is way way easier said than done it's very complicated but everybody gets to decide what works for them i just knew for me that i wanted to do monogamy but also that like to me monogamy isn't a cage or like you know a prison or you know like a restriction or whatever it's a choice so like every day I'm deciding that I'm committing to this person every day I get to make that decision again and that's the freedom like freedom and monogamy is that I get to decide and when I choose the right person like I'm so excited to choose them every single day and so just being able to have these tough conversations very quickly and early on really allowed us to to move past the things that I think a lot of couples take months, maybe even a year to actually work through. And it's like, you've invested so much of your time in your life, especially if you're moving in with someone. Like, I wanna know ahead of time, like, what are our goals here? What do we want? Okay. You know, where are we going? How do we wanna show up? So we're not wasting time. Absolutely, and you know, at, at 37 years of age too, like you're wanting to get clarity. Is this the right person yeah. so, sooner or later? I mean, I want that too. Yeah yeah so <laughs> it's like super late right now and my brain is tired oh. i missed my thought that i was just about to share it's okay it'll come yeah so basically oh, yeah yeah okay so the thought that i had was that we broke through we got through all of these concerns and doubts so early on it just set me free and i want to share with you it is so different being doubt free versus having a little bit of doubt. It's like a very different energy, even if it's like on a scale of zero to 100, the difference between zero and one is way, you know, a big difference. Yeah. Like, you know, or at least, you know, zero, very close to zero. Like, or do we, are we ever fully free of doubts? I think it's always right. like, you know, a work in progress. Right. But, <laughs> but I just, I started feeling lit. Like I was having so much fun with Blake, feeling so free. I love that we did all that work right off the start. Mm -hmm. I love that we didn't take time to wait for the pattern to happen again. Yeah, exactly. Like, all like, these things. Wait until we're comfortable to have a tough conversation, which by the way never happens. And like it just like the 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 natural joy and the energy and the flow and the fun and in our intimate life, like having being free of those doubts has been so freaking fun. And now that we're at that place. It's like, it's a lot easier to maintain it than yeah, it is to get there. Totally. Agreed. So it's like, we're in such an amazing place 
to maintain that super fluid naturalness yeah. that come with that comes with the unrestricted love of being free of doubts. Right. And just opening each other up to new experiences and ways of being and ways of relating. And that dealing with all of that early on in the trip really allowed us to connect deeper mm -hmm. to be able to open up more and feel safer with each other to get to depths that you know might take a lot longer typically and allowed us to get really clear about you know what we want to do moving forward and so you know fast forward he, he earned his boyfriend privileges he got to meet my family <laughs> and he wrote the most amazing sweet like so just lovely love letter basically introducing me to his community on Facebook posting pictures of us like he took an hour to like write this it beautiful, was more than an hour okay, like, yeah, it was like it was, two hours yeah it was like two I mean it was it's just so so beautifully written like explaining you know what he loves about me like letting everyone one know that we're together what our plans are for our future you know how we complement each other how we're we have found each other and we want to build the same type of life together and no one has ever done that for me before like i have been in i have fought with boyfriends in the past about like refusing to share me or change their status or whatever i ended up like obviously giving up and not asking that anymore because it's like it's never gonna happen but luke volunteered that like he he was like i want to shout you from the rooftops and he did and like there's so many comments and so many like wonderful beautiful reactions and people just coming together and like welcoming me into his community and you know, we're taking the next step, which is me going out to Fairfield, Iowa. And I'm saying it as Iowa, not Iowa. <laughs> like, you know, I've really like shifted and I think there's a lot of opportunities. So I'm gonna go visit and check it out and ultimately like start a life there with him. So we can take a year to ground and build our business and he can work and then we can create a free travel traveling lifestyle and build this life of our dreams freaking epic yeah it's been really epic and there's so many other things that we could talk yeah. about but it's late and <laughs> you know like there will be more time but it's yeah. just we're really just illustrating that it's so important to have the hard conversations to be open and transparent about any doubts as quickly as possible and in order to live in a conscious relationship. So I'm not talking about like your average relationship where you're just like dating and you're on apps and you're going out with people and like whatever. If you're really looking for a life partner and you're ready to make that level of commitment to yourself that you're willing to do that inner work and to another person that you're willing to show up for them as well, then you, you know, th these are, this is what's required of a relationship. This is what needs to happen in order to grow and to be able to cultivate something that's going to continue to grow. And we just, you know, lined up in a way where we were open. We weren't like completely sure. I certainly had a lot of doubts that I had to work through, but now I'm, I feel so confident about him that like there's, I feel so confident that it's been three weeks. I'm recording this, I'm sharing it with my people. I've shifted, you know, a little bit more in like the way that I'm serving women. I've introduced him to my family. He's introduced me to his community. You know, I'm going out to go see him in a couple weeks. And like, I just, I know I'm so incredibly certain about my future because I've prepared myself for you and you've prepared yourself for me and we earned each other. 
and that earned each other point is so significant because like that tough conversation we had where we were up until six in the morning like i mean thinking about blake how, how blake handled that was very much the result of all the inner work that she's done to be able to maintain herself in such a balanced way and really i mean i did a lot it was very bold of me to be sharing the things i was sharing and to be able to go into the places and maintain my sense of balance and centeredness too like we both had to had to go through a lot for that to work like our relationship could have fallen apart right if we weren't ready to handle that it's true so again goes back to the theme of that like we're lucky to find each other but we also earned each we other did. we did earn each other yeah yeah and when you're committed to doing the work like it's inevitable it's absolutely ine mm -hmm. inevitable and i think a lot of women out there are settling because they don't know how to find the right person. They don't know what to do. And like, come chat with me. Like, let's chat. I, I love supporting women on the journey of working on their, themselves to do that inner work to prepare for their partner and manifest their person. And I'm telling you, like, it definitely can happen on the apps, but it also cannot happen on the apps. Like, you absolutely can meet your person in real life in an environment that you know is like of like mind but you have to be prepared and ready and you have to be willing you don't have to be like a hundred percent ready but you do have to be willing and you need to get yourself on that level where the other person can meet you so they're waiting for you your person's waiting for you and if you want to do the work and you want to get clear about what you need to shift and heal within yourself in order to manifest a relationship like ours you know I'm sure wherever this video is, there's a link that you can connect on and Luke and I are creating an incredible program for couples who find each other and want to do this deep, deep, difficult work that we're talking about here because it's so important. Like we need more conscious couples on the planet. We need more true love on the planet. We need more examples of what a full life can be like because it's possible. It's just requires a different level of living than the average person. But if you're watching this, it's probably because you're craving that. And we're really excited to build this platform and to be able to provide that for people. So this is just the beginning. We're officially boyfriend and girlfriend. And we're gonna start building this amazing life together and we're gonna bring you on the journey. It's gonna be freaking epic. So welcome to Blake and Luke's world. And thank you so much for spending all this time with us. Anything else you wanna add, babe? We nailed it. All right. Have a wonderful day. Hey, it's Blake. Luke and I put together something really special just for you. We've had to learn how to navigate those difficult conversations, the tension that comes up when one of us gets triggered, and we realize that there's a step-by-step -step process that we use to move through tension, to be able to communicate, to feel seen and heard even when it's really difficult. So we wanna offer this gift to you for free. It's a visual chart so you can follow it step-by-step. -step. It makes it really easy for you and your partner to use together. Click the link in the show notes below to get instant access to your free gift, or you can visit www.blakeandluke.com flowchart. We'll see you over there.